My name is Justin Zolkowski, and you're listening to Random Babbling, Confessions of a Christian Libertarian. Let me ask you a question. How much more are you willing to pay for something you buy on a regular basis? It's not better, it's not different, just more expensive. Well, that's what happens when you tax imports. Things get more expensive. I'll explain this as we talk about free trade. The reason I wanted to talk about free trade today is because last week, President Trump stated that he would like to impose a 20% tax on imports coming into the United States from countries like Mexico. And this money is supposed to fund the wall he would like to erect on the southern border. Now, this is not a normal American trade practice. Apparently, we tax our import, exports, not our imports. The problem with this is that it goes against free trade. Let me quickly explain free trade. Free trade exists when governments do not interfere with commercial trading between two private parties, either domestically or internationally. For example, if iPod, if Apple wants to trade iPods for Nike sneakers, and if the government does not charge them for making that trade, then it is free. When the government charges a tax on a trade, it's called a tariff. Now, as a libertarian, I hate taxes, yet they are inevitable. But there are some consequences on the tax of this nature. The prime goal of capitalism is profit, to gain more resource than it took to make a product or offer a service. That resource is usually money. Now, if I must make a profit to survive, I have to cut my overhead as much as possible. So if I am forced to pay a tax on a trade, I am now forced to impose that expense to my, onto my customer. A great example of this is sales tax. When you purchase something from the store, tax laws do not require that the customer pay the sales tax. The law just requires that it be paid. If the store you go to has to pay the tax out of pocket, they lose a portion of their profit. But if they pass the expense of the tax onto you, the customer, their profit will probably be intact. The more profit that a business makes, the more likely a business can create jobs. As far as trade goes, a meme I found on Facebook explains this very effectively and very simply. 1. Jose sells an avocado to John for $5. 2. Donald imposes a 20% border tax so that Mexico pays for the wall. 3. Now Jose sells the avocado to John for $5 plus 20%, which equals $6. 4. The U.S. collects its $1 from Jose. 5. Jose still made $5. 6. Who paid for the wall? The obvious answer is John. John paid for the wall because... Jose still has to make his profit. The biggest problem with tariffs is that it reduces creation of wealth. In the scenario I just laid out on both of both parties, wealth is in jeopardy. John now has to pay more for his avocados. That means he has less money. He cannot buy as much avocados or any other product that he might buy. Jose made his normal amount in this first transaction, but how long will this last? If he continues to sell his avocados for $6 instead of $5, people are going to buy less avocados because the price has gone up. 
people may choose to buy them from a less expensive vendor, or they simply buy less because they cannot afford it. Now, as I stated earlier, the wealth of both parties is in jeopardy. The free market, along with free trade, dictated that the value of the avocado was $5. Now, the new value of that same avocado, which is no better in any way, is now $6 because the price has been artificially set due to government interference. Let's use an example of international trade. In our example, the U.S. makes shoes and Japan makes stereos. It may cost the U.S. more to make stereos than it does the Japanese. On the flip side, it may cost the Japanese more to make shoes than it does in the U.S. If both countries try to make both products, they are probably not maximizing their wealth. But if they specialize in their respective products and there is no tax, both sides win. The Japanese can make stereos cheaper than the Americans, and the Americans can make the shoes cheaper than the Japanese. So the Japanese can get their shoes, and the Americans can get their stereos. Both parties agreed that this would be beneficial to their interests. But if there were a tariff in any way, both sides would suffer. The Americans are stuck with expensive stereos, and the Japanese are stuck with expensive shoes, much like John and Jose with the avocados. No nation has ever taxed itself into prosperity. If the U.S. tries to tax our neighbors, the cost gets passed back onto us, and therefore, we are paying a tax that was not intended for us. Another incentive for free trade is peace. It sounds paradoxical because people do not usually equate the pursuit of profit with harmony. But if we take a step back, it makes much more sense. Peace, in its simplest state, is simply not fighting. Peace, in reality, does not require me to like my neighbor. It requires that I do not actively participate in conflict. If my neighbor and I have a feud, for whatever reason, it is safe to say that we are not doing business with each other. But if I want to do business with him, that would give me a real practical reason not to quarrel with him. If I am fighting with him, my business suffers. In order for me to make the profit, I must play nice. This applies in the international situation as well. If two countries are trading with each other, this would deter them from fighting. Once that peace is broken, both countries will suffer economically as well. Free trade is a great way to achieve peace. And who doesn't want world peace? With the love of free markets and free trade, we must look at agreements like the North American Free Trade Agreement and the Trans-Pacific Partnership. Both agreements deal with slashing tariffs and multiple parties working together. Doesn't it sound great? It sounds great and maybe a step in the right direction, but there is more than meets the eye. My question is, why does free trade need a formal agreement? General rule about any law or agreement is that the longer in its description, the more regulation it has, which means the more it will cost. Ron Paul quoted in a 2007 blog stating, if we are interested in free trade as a pretense is, you could initiate free trade in one small paragraph. This bill is over a thousand pages and is merely a pretext for free trade. At the same time we talk about free trade, we badger China, and that is not free trade. I believe free in free trade, but this is not free trade. It is regulated, managed trade for the benefit of special interest. That is why I oppose it. According to Congressman Paul, there are two things wrong with NAFTA. The first is that it's regulated meaning that the government or governments are involved. As I stated earlier in the episode, free trade means that the government stays out. 
And if there are regulations, you can be sure that money goes along with them. The second is that NAFTA benefits special interest. A lot of people claim that they prefer fair trade over free trade. But free trade is fair trade. It is fair because two parties have made an agreement that satisfies their own self-interest. But if only one party is benefiting from the trade, it is neither free nor is it fair. So is there a biblical view of free trade? The problem is, is that the Bible does not explicitly say, Thou shalt have free trade. Christians can be for or against free trade. The issue here is not wealth, but is the heart. Who are you worshiping in this situation? God or money? 1 Corinthians 10.31 states, So whatever you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Everything we do in our lives is worship, even economic transactions. So, I can be sinning even if the situation I am in is not sinful. But if my heart is focused on Christ, and if free trade creates wealth and promotes peace, I, as a Christian, can support it. Tariffs can cause poverty, and Jesus talked about poverty a lot. Helping the impoverished is not just contributing financially to the here and now. It also can entail to contributing to future and tackling the root cause. Also, Jesus says in Matthew 5.9, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they should be called the sons of God. As Christians, we should seek peace. Our peace comes from Christ, but that is not the case for the unbeliever. They need peace too. If a concept promotes peace, we should give it a try. In conclusion, I hope I gave you a clear reason why I support free trade. There are some great videos called Trade is Made of Win. They cover wealth creation, cooperation, and conservation. You can find them at learnliberty.org or on YouTube. Right now, I'll be posting the sound file and script on my blog. Check it out at justin-ski.blogspot.com. I hope to hear from you, and God bless.